Welcome to the Get Healthier Podcast with Rena Jadhav, who's on a quest to uncover breakthroughs and cures in living longer, healthier, and happier. Genetic testing, stem cells, rattling, talking to Silicon Valley geniuses and the best doctors in the world about the hottest products and programs to make you live an amazingly joyful life. Are you ready? Now, here's your host, Rena. Hi, everyone. Welcome to an exciting episode of the Live Longer podcast. So some of you who've been listening to my podcasts for a long time know that I went through two major health crises. And in trying to solve the puzzle for the second one, I found out that I had something called a methylation problem. Now, very few people know what the heck that is. And frankly, very few doctors have even studied it. So out I went researching, looking for folks that had become an expert on what the methylation process was. And I found ourselves an expert, uh, one of the smartest men that I've heard on YouTube. And he is out there sharing his brilliance with, with the rest of us. His name is Dr. Benjamin Lynch. He's a naturopathic doctor. And he's here with us today. Now, he has received his cell and molecular biology BS from the University of Washington, his ND from Bastyr University. And he has a passion for identifying the cause of disease. So a man after my own heart. And that has led him to start seekinghealth.com, which I highly recommend you check out, as well as writing an upcoming book, The Dirty Genes, which we're going to get to talk about today. So you're going to get exclusive early access to the big breakthrough information that Ben's going to share in Dirty Genes, which is an upcoming book that's going to come out early next year. What got me most excited and why we have him here today is that he researches, writes, and presents worldwide on the topic of MTHFR and the methylation defects. Ben, welcome. Hey, pleasure to be here, Rena. So let's get started with why did you get started with researching into methylation and MTFHR? Because I don't like it when people are still struggling. You know, they go doctor to doctor and, and you know, some doctors and practitioners are okay with 80% of their patients getting better and 20% not getting better. You, know, you still get referrals and you know you feel still successful, but I didn't like those 20% not recovering. And I also realized that, you know, from environmental working group, uh, you know, this is a fantastic organization and they, they tested that these, un, these children at birth are born with basically 200 chemicals in their umbilical cord blood. And that's not acceptable. And so these children are, are moving towards uh, chronic disease even before birth. And that's mm. just not fair. So I really wanted to figure out how we could reduce these exposures and see why these people are getting sicker. And it also turned me to, to genetics as well, because we are so uniquely different. And naturopathic medicine is very, very good at treating the patient, but you can't treat the patient without diving deeper in understanding uh, their, their unique genetics as well. What's methylation and why is it a problem? <laughs> you just go right to it, don't you? Uh, yeah, so methylation is a, is a biochemical process that is happening, I don't even know how many times a second in, the, in our bodies. It's, it's ridiculous. And its job is to help transform some things into something else. And it's also, its job is to turn genes on or to turn them off. So it has two major roles. 
And so most people understand methylation as turning genes on and off. And we don't want our genes on all the time. If our genes are on all the time and they're the wrong ones, that can lead to cancer. Um, and if they're off and they should be on, then that could also lead to cancer. So they have to be communicating and moving properly. Now, another aspect of methylation is the transformation of certain things into others. So it's basically what happens is the act of methylation, so it's an action, right? Ation, it's, it's an action, and methyl is what it does, it's what it acts on. And a methyl group is the body's simplest compound. It's a carbon and three hydrogens, and it will bounce around from, from one thing to another. And when it bounces to one other thing, it will change its function. So for example, we all know about uh, serotonin. Well, mm -hmm. methylation will help transform serotonin to melatonin. We also know about dopamine and norepinephrine, and methylation will bind to dopamine and change it to norepinephrine. We also need methylation to help bind to arsenic and change it to a very toxic form of arsenic and then back to a very non-toxic form of arsenic. So it it's, does many, many things, and it does hundreds of chemical reactions, and when it isn't working, you're not working. And your mm. risk for numerous uh, symptoms uh, is, is going to happen. Because if your methylation is, is not working, you have 200 plus reactions that are not working, plus your genes are not turning on and off the way they should be. So you are going to be sick. Would you then argue that this is the primary reason we have an explosion or an epidemic of chronic illness? I would say we have an explosion of chronic illness because our methylation pathway is and our system is doing too much. We first have to understand that our bodies are always trying to support us all the time. We don't have symptoms because our bodies are trying to kill us. We have symptoms because our genes are not working how we want them to work. They're working busy putting out fires. So if we are exposed to heavy metals, if we're exposed to chemicals, if we're exposed to various medications or, or supplements that we should or shouldn't be taking, these methylation pathways uh, are being overworked. And what happens when you're overworked? You get tired and you don't perform as well. So it's, it's a big issue. And so you have to understand that genes do work and genes do work by methylation, a big one. And so if that happens, you need to put less work and less demand on your genes. And as a result, you will feel better. But it's so, not because our methylation is messed up. It's because we're putting too much on them. What a fascinating, simple concept, right? You overwork something, you're basically going to kill it. And I think your argument is that we are overworking what should be a, a, a natural process that drives thousands of different processes in our body. Now the question is, what have we changed in the last few decades that we are overworking? Now I know stress is one. We're all working at a crazier pace. We're all connected way too much. We are being overwhelmed with negative information too much, and I'm sure that's part of it. What else is it? You mentioned heavy metals. Talk a little bit more about what are the other three or four things that are overworking that our listeners today could sort of in a cognizant way start to decrease that overwork, that burden? Well, 
first of all, I would say the, the amount of chemicals in our environment has exploded. And uh, that, that is a big one. And part of those chemicals are, are heavy metals. And uh, they are they're pervasive. They're in our food. They're in the air. They're in our water. They're in the food that we eat. And uh, they're on the products that we touch and the products that we rely on on a daily basis. And it's, it's very unfortunate. And, uh, you know, I, I love technology, but I, I don't like the fact that it's, it's also polluting us. Um, so, you know, for example, you know, I just got the phone with uh, Dr. Uh, Joe Pizzorno, who is the founder of Bastyr University, uh, one of them. And uh, mm -hmm. he's a very strong proponent of environmental medicine. And he was saying that 10% uh, of the drinking water in the United States is, is too high of arsenic levels. And, you know, that's, that's already an issue. And then you, we eat chicken, which is high arsenic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, that's a huge problem. Um, and then you've got, uh, you know, arsenic is processed by the body uh, via methylation, as we've talked about. And so if, if your methylation isn't working, your arsenic levels are increasing. And that leads to all sorts of neurological deficits and, and cancer uh, risk uh, and fatigue. Um, so, you know, neuropathies and, you know, it's, you know, Parkinson's and so on. So it's a huge mm -hmm. issue. And we've just talked about arsenic. Mm -hmm. uh, then you got plastics everywhere. Mm -hmm. and everywhere. Then you, mm -hmm. And then you got sprays, you know, you got Monsanto uh, pumping out all sorts of Roundup everywhere. And uh, we're eating these things. And then we have insecticides that are being sprayed everywhere. And so these insecticides and herbicides are are being applied and yeah, they might be small amounts on the, the single bite that you're eating, but we eat all the time and these things accumulate in our bodies and every meal that we eat, if our detoxification systems aren't working the way they need to be, uh, then they're, we're only going to be accumulating these toxins more and more and more. And the more toxins, the more chemicals you accumulate, the more work your genes have to do, the more work your genes have to do, the more vitamins and minerals that they need. But, you know, even if you have the right amount of vitamins and minerals available, these genes will also be blocked by these chemicals and they can't work. So if, if your job is to, you know, get onto your computer and check email, mm -hmm. but you can't because someone's sitting in your seat right in front of your computer you know, the computer is available, the email is available, but you can't even get to your computer because someone's blocking it. Mm -hmm. well, that's how heavy metals work. They, you, you, can, you see the gene there, you see the problem, you see the work accumulating, and you're seeing all these emails come in, but somebody's sitting at your damn chair and mm. you can't get them out. So that's how heavy metals uh, interact with our biochemistry. And it's, you know, it's very frustrating to them and we get sick because of it. How do I know that I have a methylation problem now? <laughs> With that said, based on what you just said, I would assume that 100% of us would have a methylation problem. Well, we, we have a methylation problem, uh, all of us, uh, you know, many, 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 many countless times during the day. The beautiful thing is our bodies are, com are really working hard to rectify it constantly. Mm. Uh, it's, there's a, you know, there's a switch that, that checks uh, how things are going and, and the methylation pathway is, is very sensitive to these things and it will, it will churn out um, you know, methyl groups as it needs to and, and uh, slow down as it needs to. So yeah, we will have a methylation quote unquote problem multiple times throughout the day 
And uh, it will, as long as we're providing it the nutrition that it needs, it will keep working for us. Now, the problem is if we're, if we're gravitating because we're tired, we're gravitating towards energy drinks or sugars or you know, carbohydrates or caloric dense foods um, or video games or, you know, or, or you know, sex addiction or drug addiction or uh, social media addiction or any other type of addiction versus addressing the underlying problem, our methylation pathway is going to get more burden and we are going to have a serious problem. Um, so again, you, you have to keep those vitamins and minerals coming into play and you have to keep making right decisions. You know, most of the time, not all the time. I mean, I make bad decisions. You know, I stayed up to not late last night, but the night before, uh, I worked too hard and, uh, I stayed up too late and, uh, I paid for it. You know, my methylation paid for it. But last night I said, you know, I'm going to bed early. I'm going to restore my methylation. <laughs> and, uh, That's because you know what, what's going on, right? For a lot of us, we, we don't know what's going on and we don't feel so good. And what do we do? We grab that cup of coffee or that delicious chocolate cookie I had about an hour ago. Cause right. Exactly. I didn't feel so, you know, so when I said don't, didn't feel so good, I, you know, I was a little tired and I thought, I think I need a little pick me up today. Mm-hmm. So, so you're, you're blessed in that you know so much and you know what's going on and you know how to fix it. And my goal is to help everybody listening in today, get to some level of awareness um, of the same truth. So how does someone listening to the podcast know when their methylation is off? To do just that, to listen. So you, you first. And what am I listening for, or what am I? What symptom? What what signs am I looking for? You're you're like you 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 felt you need a little pick me up, right? Mm-hmm. So you do what most people do, and you do what I do at times. Uh, you gravitate towards a, a sweet or a sugar to give you that lift. And you know what I want you to do is to ask the question why. You know, next time that happens, and sometimes you, you don't care you know, why you just want that cookie. And Hey, I do it too. That's ah, an it. addiction, right? That's I, the addiction side of the brain, the mind. Yeah, <laughs> I do it plenty. You know, it tastes good. You feel good, but, but you don't feel good for that long. Um, cause you, you might go down the other end and crash, um, from too much insulin being secreted, but you know, you need to listen to these things and they, the symptoms are so varied, uh, that it's, it's there's so much. It can be anywhere from, Exercise-induced asthma it can be red-faced after exercise that's showing your methylation is not working. It could be oh, staring. Interesting. It could be staring at the ceiling and not falling asleep. Um, really? So, so insomnia could be a methylation symptom. Yep, sure really? can. Really? Yeah. Oh, please, please continue. This this is fascinating because I think this is what we're looking for. Is if I have insomnia, I can now start to instead of grabbing that pill or melatonin, I can start to rethink, well, what does this mean for my methylation? And so, so you've mentioned red-faced after workout. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought red-faced was a good thing. It meant there was all this wonderful oxygen. It is know, good. Brightening my skin. But, you're right. It is good if it goes away when you're done. Uh-huh. The problem is who, people who have uh, red faces when they're working out and it's brilliant red. Like, uh-huh. Oh you know, it's just too red. Yeah. And, and then it stays red for an hour post-workout or 20 minutes post-workout. That's not right. That's not right. And what's happening under covers? Why is that face not going back to its regular color? Because when you're exercising, what's happening is, is a lot of processes are happening and your, your hydrogen peroxide levels will increase, which is you know, a, a reactive oxygen species. It's a, it's a pro-oxidant. Um, and we exercise to increase 
hydrogen peroxide because it's that little bit of hydrogen peroxide which will stimulate our body to repair itself, which is great. Mm. But people who have too much of it, then that two high levels of hydrogen peroxide will slow our methylation down mm. and it will, as a result, uh, increase our histamine levels because histamine levels are broken down by methylation. Ah, so that was one of my worst symptoms. I had hives and rashes and red face. Yes. And that's for months very, and months and months. So that's very, a methylation. Yeah, very, very, very common. And probably, I, I'm going to be bold here and say 90% of chronic disease is probably associated with higher histamine levels. And I'm pulling that out of thin air. I could be totally <laughs> wrong, um, but I, it's, it's, it's so common. Breaking news for the first time ever, the world now knows. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Ben Lynch has declared 90% of it is from histamine. You know what? I will say something intuitively. Sounds about right to me. Um, no one diagnosed me with histamine intolerance. I did so myself. I know five other people who've come to me after my illness because of Healerpedia and Heal Circle meetings and said, you know those symptoms you said? I've got those. You know, the little red eyes, the itching. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, they didn't have as acute symptoms as boldly visible as mine were. So theirs are more tame, but they're constant. They're persistent. So they become chronic and they don't know what to do with it. And of course, when you go to an eye doctor and say, I've got red itchy eyes, they say, well, put some, you know, you're getting old, put some liquid drops and put some moisturizer in your eyes. But that's not what it is at all because now my eyes are white as ever because I've got my histamine levels under control. So I agree. I think, I think there's a large population out there that's suffering from undiagnosed histamine intolerance or histamine overload. And your argument is that that's happening because their methylation's not performing or it's, is it overworked or it's just not performing as optimally? Well, the, it's, it could be a multiple factors. I mean, histamine is, is released in order to increase blood flow. It's released in order to uh, support the immune system. So it's, it's, it's doing its job. And uh, if we are chronically high histamine, our bodies are working hard to try to deliver the blood flow as, as needed. And it's working hard to try to do something to our immune system. So it's performing a function. And it is overwhelming the methylation system at the same time. And is a solution to support the methylation cycle and, and just take methylated nutrients? No. The solution is to figure out what, what your body is trying to accomplish and support it through that. Through that. And a lot of times it's, it's either, uh, like you said earlier, it could be uh, chemicals uh, blocking your methylation so the histamine can't get out. So like you said, there's, like, like I said earlier, there's someone sitting at your desk and you can't get to your computer. So if there's heavy metals blocking your methylation, your histamine can go up. Um, so that could be chemicals. It could be infections. Infections are very, very, very common cause of mm. higher histamine and uh, weakened uh, methylation because the body will naturally slow down your methylation cycle in order to fight the infection. Mm. And so you do not want to be supporting your methylation during an infection, really, because the the infection, you know, the path, the pathogen will hijack your own methylation uh, in order to reproduce or do its own job. Uh, you know, cancers will do the same thing. And that's, you know, why cancers 
are treated with methotrexate or 5-FU because they block the folate pathway, which feeds into methylation cycle. And so, you know, cancer treatment is trying to slow methylation down. The problem is cancer got there in the first place because of slowed methylation. So you have to restore methylation once the cancer is gone. So it's, you have to keep asking why all the way back multiple times and not say, oh, I'm red in the face because I'm a high histamine. You need to say, okay, well, why am I high histamine? And right. if I'm deficient in something or, or what's going on. So taking one example, in my case, the histamine intolerance kind of hit overnight. Um, I had caught a parasite in Cabo. So there's some sense that there might be a, a, a dotted line from that because it started about two weeks after I had caught some food poisoning. The other is menopause. What have you found with respect to menopause and methylation? Wow, that's a good question. So I'll, I'll first state that my, my knowledge of hormones is not where it needs to be. Um, and I will also state that uh, methylation is very important for estrogen metabolism. Uh, so, you know, menopause, so post-menopause, your estrogen levels will drop. And that, I don't know how that affects, uh, well, since estrogen's job is to, uh, well, it does many jobs, but, you know, let me back up and start over here. Estrogen, part of estrogen breakdown and getting rid of estrogen in your body uses methylation. Now, as you go through menopause and you're, you're postmenopausal, your estrogen levels are lower than usual. Now, your methylation isn't working as hard on estrogen as before. So in terms of, in terms of methylation and menopause, uh, and just in regards to methyl, uh, estrogen, it should be, methylation should be more freely available. The, the problem is estrogen does a lot of things uh, for a woman. You know, it's anti-inflammatory. It's very good for strong bones. Uh, it's needed to stimulate a, a gene called nitric oxide synthase, NOS3, which is really important for your cardiovascular system. Uh, it stimulates a gene uh, to support your cell membrane uh, health and synthesis called phosphatidylcholine. So lower estrogen levels will uh, diminish your phosphatidylcholine synthesis. It will weaken your bones. It will reduce your uh, cardiovascular um, health. Um, so it's, it's a really important one. Um, and, but it doesn't really, uh, doesn't hamper your methylation system as far as I know. Um, but I need to look more into it. Uh, yeah, because there's, there's a huge army of people suffering from perimenopausal symptoms that all seem to be having uh, histamine reactions. And so naturally to me, I wonder if there is a causal relationship there and it'd well, be exciting to see you doing some research into that. Yeah, there, there is a connection between estrogen and histamine and estrogen stimulates histamine release. So uh -huh. But that, you would assume then it would be reversed, meaning as my estrogen drops, I would have lesser issue of histamine. Yeah, I would think so. Um, but there's so much going on there that I, you know, there's, there's usually yeah. not one thing. You know, the body is, if there was just one thing to explain uh, symptoms or why we get headaches, the, you know, homo sapiens would not be on this planet. Infections would have killed us a long time ago. There's so many backup pathways and nuances and, uh, you mm -hmm. know, gene to gene to gene to gene communications that it's very complex to figure out why certain things happen. 
So yeah, you're, you're right. I, I don't know what that connection is for, for postmenopausal women and histamine. Um, I am not sure. Okay. Let's then talk about what are some of the other symptoms before we dive deeper into cancer and gut and, and the link to, to methylation. So you mentioned some great symptoms. One is the histamine intolerance stuff, so which you mentioned insomnia, you mentioned kind of red face. What else? What else can I look around and go, oh, maybe the symptoms connected to my methylation issue? Irritability. Mm-hmm. Um, so quick to being irritable. Mm-hmm. Uh, your, your dopamine and your your is is stuck. It, it's really high. Your norepinephrine is higher than it should be. Um, that's also contributing to your insomnia. Um, estrogen sensitive cancers. Um, so you know your breast cancer, ovarian cancer, uterine cancer. Uh, these things are are very prone uh, to occur in people who have methylation uh, slowdowns and and blockages. Um, Let's see, what else? Uh, skin disorders, um, these are related. You can have uh, you know, reduced ability to heal your gut so you can get leaky gut because your, the lining of your gut is re- basically replaced. Of, you know, some people say three days, some people say seven days, but the fact is your entire gut lining is replaced frequently and your methylation is needed for this to happen. Uh, your cell membranes, uh, are replaced constantly. I forget how many millions and millions of, it's like hundreds of millions of red blood cells die every day and are produced every day. So that's a lot of cell membrane synthesis. And that comes from uh, phosphatidylcholine, which is really important for your cell membranes. It's kind of the main one. Uh, SIBO, gallbladder attacks, um, you know, congestive liver is also a methylation issue partially, not entirely. Uh, because if your phosphatidylcholine levels again, uh, supported by methylation, are not working, is not produced enough, then your bile uh, produced by your liver is not going to be slipping through your tiny little bile duct, and it's going to get stuck, leading to gallstones. And if you have gallstones, your bile's not coming out, and you're not absorbing your vitamin D, your K, your A, your E, and you're also not squirting the bile into your small intestine, and as a result. Uh, you're going to get an overgrowth in your small intestine called small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which leads to SIBO. And uh, you're going to start reacting to probiotics and fiber-based foods. And you're going to be all frustrated and bloating like crazy and crampy. And uh, you'll be wondering what the heck's going on. And that's because bile is a natural antimicrobial. So that's, uh, that's also how uh, methylation is just tied there. It's, it's tied you know, so many with everything. Well, you know, I had SIBO as well. So of the, of my second health crisis of the variety of things I had, SIBO was one of the biggest drivers of, of all the toxicity. And here you are telling me, reconfirming for me that the reason I had all of these different manifestations was because the core methylation process was broken. Mm -hmm. And of course, I think as everyone out there looks at their gut. So let's talk gut because gut's a huge problem. In fact, we've got a gut healing program coming up December 1. So this is, this is very timely. So if someone's suffering from SIBO or leaky gut or Crohn's colitis and they possibly have a methylation problem, what's the first step? Is it to get tested or is it to go straight into action? And if it is straight to go into action, what do you recommend? I first would recommend, uh, you know, start thinking like you did. Did I travel somewhere? 
and did you get an infection? Uh, did you get in a parasite? Uh, did you take antibiotics recently? Were you put on a medication recently that's causing issues? Metformin can, can basically block an enzyme in your gut, which breaks down histamine. And so many people are taking metformin. Uh, and they're, they're and what's metformin for? Uh, diabetes. Oh. Uh, yeah. And, and other things as well. Um, wow. but it's, a, it's a big one. Um, and a lot of people are taking it. And as a result, it blocks their histamine ability to break down in their digestive system. And then they absorb the histamine in their blood. And then they get the histamine intolerant symptoms in their entire body. They get the insomnia, the irritability, the rashes, the, the hives, um, all these symptoms because of the histamine being blocked in their gut by the drug. Um, so if, this is, if you're taking metformin and you're getting all these symptoms, well, you can go back to your doctor and say, hey, you know, I believe I have these issues of histamine intolerance because metformin is blocking my DAO enzyme in my gut. The doctor's going to look at you cross-eyed and say, what the <laughs> heck are you talking about? And, and then you forward them to this podcast and to Dr. Ben Lynch's website. Yeah, or you just look up the, the research that talks about uh, DAO enzyme uh, metformin and bam, there it is. Uh, there's a lot of research on it. Mm -hmm. um, what so, else inhibits DAO? Uh, what else inhibits DAO? Uh, well, in the gut. Bacterial infections. SIBO would do it. Yes, SIBO would for sure do it. And mm -hmm. DAO's job is to break down histamine and it's located in your small intestine, your large intestine. And you know it's, it gets very easily overwhelmed very easily overwhelmed. And that means if it's, if you have bacteria in your gut that are producing histamine and some do, mm -hmm. like if you're eating yogurts or kefirs uh, or fermented cheeses or fermented foods or kombucha or, you know, sauerkraut or any of these types of high histamine foods, these bacteria in your gut will process the histamine and you'll be fine. If you're sensitive to any of these foods and citrus containing foods as well, mm -hmm. or wines uh, or fish, or leftovers and you're not doing well from them, you know, you're, you probably have a high level of, of histamine producing bacteria in your gut or your DAO enzyme is, is clogged by various other reasons. And there's also genetic problems in DAO, which are actually quite common uh, in the population mm -hmm. and it slows its job down as well. So you said, so go back and check if you have an infection or if you're taking something like metformin, what else, what else can you do to actually build up your DAO and, and start to remedy the situation? Well, if you have a, if you have a, typically uh, a lot of people have an overgrowth of yeast or they'll have an imbalance in, in various bacteria in their gut. They might be taking a probiotic that is very high lactobacillus content and higher histamine producing uh, like lactobacillus bulgaricus. Um, some lactobacillus acidophilus is also histamine producing. So you, you should not be using these types of probiotics. Which probiotic do you recommend for someone who's got a methylation problem and a histamine intolerance? Well, I just formulated, finally, it was three years of my research and then probably six months of testing uh, before I released it. And so it just came out, I believe, two weeks ago or a week ago now, probiotic histaminics. Ah. So you guys are the first to hear about this. And, Congratulations. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm very excited because I was looking at all the research and you read research and it's supposed to work, right? And, mm -hmm. But you put it together, you got to test it. And so I tested on my whole family and I, I gave it to doctors to test on their patients and the results were, were phenomenal. I, I couldn't believe that 20 billion bacteria 
could do so much so fast for people. And, uh, you know, people had difficulty breathing symptoms, asthmatic symptoms during pregnancy improved. They ran out because we only had a limited supply. It came roaring right back. Uh, seasonal allergies improved. Headaches improved. Um, wow. Dust mites. Uh, yours truly, me. Uh, I wasn't sensitive to dust mites anymore. Um, uh, and intolerance to foods. I couldn't have avocados or vinegar because these are histamine. Or I couldn't have mm-hmm. lime. I ate these foods again. I'm eating these foods again. Um, before I would have balsamic vinegar and my tongue would literally be burnt and red uh, just from touching the vinegar a few seconds later. And now I'm totally fine. Absolutely fine. Um, and it's just from adding this probiotic. And That's it. Yeah. Where can they buy it? Is it on your website, seekinghealth.com? It is on seekinghealth.com. And it's called Probiota Histamine X? Yeah, Histamine X. And, and you, know, you should experience benefit from this. And the, the dose is 10 billion per capsule now. When I was testing it, it was 20 billion per capsule. And I reduced it to 10 billion because 20 billion is quite a bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's trillions of bacteria in our gut, uh, trillions and trillions. Um, but the, when you specify very targeted bacteria, they can make a difference quite quickly. And uh, so I was taking 20 billion in the sample. So that's two capsules of the current product. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had some remodeling in my digestive system, which triggered about a day of constipation for me, which was unusual. And so I reduced it to 10 billion because I want people to remodel their gut a little bit more slowly. And so they, I would recommend taking 10 billion. So one capsule and then if you still have the histamine symptoms, increase to two capsules, maybe the next day or the third day, and you can increase it you know, to three or four as you need. And how quickly do you, would you see results? Well, you know, I took it and I, I just kind of went about my day and then I took it again. And uh, so I, I had only taken two capsules mm-hmm. and we moved into a, a rental home while our house was being remodeled and the dryer wasn't working. And I pulled the dryer out and it was nasty. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. dust bunnies galore. And I was like, oh God, you know, it's like, okay, I'm just going to shower after. And so I dealt with it and I fixed it all and I vacuumed it all out and I emptied the vacuum uh, canister and, and all that. And as I was working, I, was, I looked at my arms and they weren't full of red dots hmm. and I, I wasn't reacting and I didn't have the runny nose, you know, the rhinitis that I usually get. And I was like, wait a minute, what's going on? And then I, I kind of stopped and I was like, oh my goodness, it's the, it's a probiotic. And I, I couldn't wow. believe it. I, I just, I seriously, to this day, I still can't believe it, but it, wow. it's, uh, cause I used to get, if I would touch a pencil that was full of dust bunnies under a bed, I'd have red dots all over my, my fingers where I touched the, the, the dust, the dust oh, and I reacted negatively to it. And it's gone. And, uh, yeah, so that, that, yeah, go ahead. So I'm looking at the formulation here. How is this different from some of the other probiotics in the market that have similar formulations? Well, there are no histamine producing strains in probiohistaminics. There, okay. there are a lot of histamine metabolizing strains and histamine modulating strains, meaning they, they are, this formula is specifically or formulated based upon the research I read for these strains, mm-hmm. either reduce histamine in the body by you know blunting its response or breaking it down in the gut. Got it. 
And uh, there is also, it's in an acid resistant capsule, um, which some probiotics have as well. So it doesn't get destroyed in the gut, mm-hmm. uh, in the stomach, it, it moves on to where it needs to be delivered. And you, the amount, uh, you, you typically don't see bifidobacter infantis uh, in a lot of probiotics. Uh, I haven't seen a formulation uh, exactly like this. I haven't looked that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, there is one called Gut Pro. Uh, I was made aware of recently on my Instagram feed. Somebody said, oh, I take Gut Pro and it works well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a, a different strain of lactobacillus accelerus uh, or something. Uh, I'm not familiar with that one. I didn't run across that one in my research. Okay. Uh, working well for her, um, but it's only $5 billion per capsule and it's, it's like three times the price or four okay. times the price. Mm-hmm. Great, great. Let's talk cancer. Well, before, unless you have anything else to add yeah, on the gut, I yeah, will add something on the gut. So, cancer, uh, let's do hit that. But I will say that if you are taking probiotic histaminics and you do great, great. If you're taking probiotic histaminics and you find yourself and needing to take like four or five or six capsules to do anything then your DAO gene is working too hard, your probiotic histaminics gene is, or the probiotic histaminics bacteria are working too hard, and there's something else going on in your gut. There's probably an infection, there's probably yeast overgrowth, there might be some other bacterial overgrowth that you need to neutralize. So put the probiotic histaminics back in your fridge and look at antimicrobials, antifungals, you know, oil of oregano, caprylic acid, you know, oil of oregano, caprylic acid, um, uh, Garlic extracts, allicin extracts are very, very good at uh, eliminating pathogens in the gut. Also, mm-hmm. black walnut can be really good. Uh, consider making an appointment with a, a doctor who's, uh, or a practitioner who knows visceral manipulation. And this is, you should try this, uh, Rena. This is really uh, a cool technique to immediately get results for SIBO or people who have digestive disturbances. So, what happens is uh, visceral manipulation. A specialist, but they'll come in and they'll they'll very gently uh, manipulate your viscera. And uh, and what's the viscera for those who don't know? Yeah, so it's it's the tendons and ligaments and the tissues um, and your organs inside your inside your body. And so there's a huge ligament around your liver, and if it gets tight, it squishes your liver. Hmm. And they also can massage uh, your your gallbladder. And get it to squirt out bile, um, which again the bile is is antimicrobial and, and blast away the SIBO. Um, they'll work on your uh, other ligaments and your digestive systems, and they'll just get things working very quickly. And it's so gentle, um, and I, I love it. And you, it's the fastest way to get relief in your digestive system than anything else that I know. Really? Um, and where do you find these folks? You Google them. Yeah, you Google visceral manipulation uh, practitioner, and you can read Yelp, uh, so on. Here in Seattle, uh, I like Dr. Aaron Choi, uh, A-R-O-N-C-H-O-I. He's worked on me and my family uh, a number of times. Um, It's not cheap, um, but you get immediately. How not cheap is it? It depends on the practitioner. I think, you know, it set me back a couple hundred bucks per per treatment. Okay. And how many treatments did it take? Uh, one. Oh, okay. Yeah, it took okay. one, and uh, you know we're all different, but you know so again, if so if you're taking the probiotic and you're getting benefit, 
you've done a lot of the dirty work already. You probably already fought the infection. You probably maybe you're using a wrong type of probiotic. And if you're using another probiotic alongside a probiotic histamines and you're not getting benefit, stop the other one. Stop mm. the other probiotic and use only this one. And, uh, and then look at your diet too. Uh, healinghistamine.com. Yasmina's website's phenomenal. Uh, I don't know if you've interviewed her yet, Rena. Um, no, but I'd love an intro and would love to feature her. Yeah, will do. So remind me about to do that because she's, she's great. And uh, I, I will say that her website used to be called thelowhistaminechef.com, which was restricting histamine foods and drinks. Mm-hmm. She, she healed herself, and now she's healinghistamine.com. And she used to provide histaminics, and her belly uh, didn't, it became flatter. And uh, she's really? very sensitive to probiotics, and she was very pleased with the result. You know, I think it's on her site that I saw your Seeking Health DAO supplement, which I took, by the way, for a few months. Um, I, I think it might have been from her site. And I definitely benefited from, from the DAO supplements from Seeking Health. So I'll definitely give the probiotic a shot as well. Yeah, yeah. That, that's great in, intel, and I'd, I'd love to interview her as well. And let's talk cancer. So I had cancer at 35, self-diagnosed, colon cancer. That's still been a mystery to everyone, including myself, as to how, how did this happen? How did someone, and there's no family history at all whatsoever on both sides. So I'm the first person to get cancer on both sides of the family at the age of 35. Explain to our listeners, because cancer is, is on the rise pretty dramatically. The numbers don't look pretty. Explain how methylation causes cancer. And so again, for listeners today, what can they do to ensure that they're not a statistic? Yeah, a great point. And let me preface this by saying the, the best sentence that I learned the entire oncology course while I was in school, and that is, cancer is not a noun. It's a verb. Hmm. It's not a thing you kill. It's not a thing you cut out. It's not a thing that you radiate. It's not a thing you swallow chemo for. It's a process. And it takes a long, long time for your body to create uh, cancer cells that stick around. We have cancer cells, many of us right now have cancer cells in our body, but our immune system sees them, attacks them, kills them, and done, they're gone. And uh, there's a lot of mechanisms at play which increase uh, cancer risk. And one of them is called immune tolerance. And if your immune system is not working very well, then it's not going to see the cancer cells and they're going to escape. So it's, it's, actually, it's actually called immune escape. So you can actually go to the National Library of Medicine, pubmed.org uh, or .gov, yeah, pubmed.gov, mm-hmm. type immune escape, and you can learn about this. And it's, it's basically cancers will go undetected, and they'll, they'll have a party at our own expense. And uh, our immune system does not see that. So that's, that's a big one. And, and stress and infections are a big one for immune escape. So mm. if you're stressed out chronically, if you're going, if you're grinding at work and you're super type A, um, you're not sleeping, you're burning the candle at both ends, as they say, uh, you're setting yourself up for, for cancer or a very significant chronic disease. Another one is infections. Again, if, you, if you're stressed out and uh, that is causing problems, you're, you're also, that stress is going to shut your immune system down and you're going to be more prone to infections. 
And there's many reasons why you're more prone to infections while you are stressed out. One is because uh, when you're stressed, you're not secreting stomach acid in your gut, is in your stomach as well. And then you're, you're swallowing these bacteria and these infections and your stomach acid isn't killing them anymore. So you've got to be relaxed so your stomach acid can kill infections. And uh, so that's a big one. So that's immune escape. Are you a supporter of taking over-the-counter HCL acid with meals to help your body, knowing that it's not optimized for stomach acid because of stress or weakness in general? I'm a favor of it as you need to, and I'm not, I'm not a favor of it long-term. Okay. So if you are having digestive issues, yes, I'm a total proponent of just getting in there and, and taking some uh, betaine HCL as you need to. But keep asking yourself, why do I have to? Are you stressed out? If you're stressed out, then you got it. I know it's tough, but you have to figure out what the stress triggers are and adapt it. And a big one is you're not sleeping well. Um, you've got you've to really be addressing your sleep. Um, I've been talking to expert after expert, getting ready for the Dirty Jeans Summit um, that we'll be having end of January. And uh, sleep keeps, every, I mean, almost every single presenter, no matter what they're talking about, keeps talking about sleep. And it's a problem, right? That's what they're uh, talking about. It. It's an epidemic. So there, there's another epidemic, and maybe that's why those two epidemics are linked, the, the chronic illness, the explosion in chronic illness, and, of course, the, the sleep issues, although they're probably feeding each other. What are your insights on that? And let's, let's specifically talk about college students. And I say that given I have some experience with a recent team going to college. It's a problem when our 19-year-olds don't sleep and then get cancer. Um, we just recently lost a friend of my daughter's to cancer at the age of 21. Talk a little bit about sleep. Um, what's causing the sleep issues, especially as it pertains to vegetarianism and veganism, because we're starting to see that as well. A lot of people go on vegetarian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff there. Um, I will hit the vegan and vegetarianism first. And I totally get it. I totally respect the choice. I totally on board. Um, you need to make sure though, that you're still getting the nutrients that you need, uh, either through supplementation or eating very, very wisely. And I wasn't a, a vegetarian for a while. I know I didn't do it right. I was sick, uh, from it. I did not feel good from it. Um, but I, I did it wrong. Um, I just didn't, I was more of a carbitarian, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, I was eating a lot of carbs. Uh, That's what I was eating instead of protein, and it, it affected me. Um, if people are a vegan or vegetarian, they're going to definitely be low in vitamin B12, unless they're supplementing with a good form, and it has to be methylcobalamin or some type of good form, like adenosylcobalamin or hydroxylcobalamin. Do not take cyanocobalamin. Yes, it'll work, kind of, um, but you, you're just take a good form and usually it's methylcobalamin and the other one is choline uh, choline is a really really important uh, methyl donor uh, which supports methylation and choline is typically found high in eggs and organ meats um, and uh, very high in fish eggs so if you're a vegan or a vegetarian then this can be a problem um, if you're eating normal if you're a vegetarian and you're eating eggs great um, but I, I know so many people, you know, that are, are vegans and vegetarians that are not doing well. Mm -hmm. um, it's sad. It's, it's sad. I, so 
if you're if you're a vegan vegetarian, support and supplement with vitamin B12 as methylcobalamin or hydroxycobalamin or adenosylcobalamin, or and excuse me and supplement with phosphatidylcholine, which is also known as PC uh, out in the supplement world, and uh, use the sunflower derived PC. Don't use the soy based PC because mm-hmm. most soy is GMO mm-hmm. and sprayed. So those are the top two nutrients I would use to support those who are vegans and vegetarianism because your methylation status will be a mess. And yes, uh, vegans and vegetarianism, I don't care who says it, they get sick too. They have heart disease too. And they get heart disease because their methylation system is messed up. Their homocysteine levels are high and they, they have problems. I, I fl- was flown to Japan to work with uh, doctors and their own cases, personal cases. And one was a vegan and she owns vegan restaurants and she was a surgeon and she just had a heart attack. And I looked at her labs and I was like, you're gonna have another one and uh, you've gotta make these changes now. And uh, she is doing much better, but uh, you know. And talk a little bit about both anxiety, depression, and insomnia related to vegetarianism, because you've talked about that on other podcasts, and I think it's such an important topic to share with our listeners as well. Yeah, so it's anyone with methylation dysfunction, and I just think that the the individuals who are vegan and vegetarianism, you know, if they're not doing it right, and some are doing fantastic jobs. I mean, I have some colleagues who are vegans and vegetarians and doing great, um, but you will have anxiety and depression or just mental dysfunction of some sort um, because you know you're not getting the methylation support working. It's there's someone sitting in the methylation chair and blocking it. And if your homocysteine climbs up, then your neurotransmitter formation and your neurotransmitter elimination will also be altered. And they'll, they'll flip back and forth on on this. And so your your brain chemistry will fluctuate between irritability. Uh, depression, anxiety, um, kind of mania. You'll, mm. you'll just find yourself bouncing all over the place. Mm. And it's because your neurotransmitters are just totally imbalanced and not consistent. And uh, so again, diet is so, so important. And uh, part of this reason, there's, this is a very complex pathway. Uh, multiple pathways intersect here. So the methylation uh, does intersect in the neurotransmitter pathway, um, but it also intersects in the cardiovascular pathway. They, they meet, uh, mm-hmm. intersect all these. And if one is messed up, all three are messed up. So, so the cardiovascular system is messed up. Well, it'll alter the neurotransmitters and it'll alter your methylation. If methylation is messed up, it'll alter the other two. And it'll just keep going around. Each mm-hmm. one feeds into the other. And uh, it's really powerful to know this. Let's talk about your upcoming book, Dirty Genes, as we've just got a few more minutes left on our podcast. I love your subtag, a breakthrough program to treat the root cause of illness and optimize your health. What is your core message in Dirty Genes? What is, what is the new information you're sharing? And then also let's talk about the program itself. Genes do work and we need to know how they work in order to make our and understand how we work as humans, right? We, we look on the outside every single day. You know, we, we are looking outward. We don't see our body. We don't see inwardly. If we have a, we have a problem, we have a headache, we have a skin rash, you know, we might go to the doctor, 
but that's the extent of it. We don't understand why the headache is there. We don't understand why the skin rash is there. We don't understand why the insomnia is there. Dirty genes explains why these are there, and it explains it down to the genetic level. Now, this seems really daunting and like full of nerdy biochemistry, and there is nerdy biochemistry in here, but it's broken down for anyone to read. And I had a writer help me with this, so I'd write all the chapters, and she would rewrite them and say, you know, she would call me back and she'd get all pissed off at me sometimes. Too, saying, <laughs> Man, you lost me. What are you saying here? And so we would go back and forth and clean it up. But it is basically allowing you to step into your own body all the way down to the genetic level and understand how your body is working to protect you and how your genes are functioning. And at the same time, what tools they need to perform at the best that they can. And also what makes them dirty, meaning what makes them not function at the best they can. And if your genes get dirty, you get symptoms. And so what happens if you get symptoms, there's a, there's a quiz uh, built in, a couple of them, mm-hmm. uh, in different sections of the book. And you take these quizzes to see if your MTGFR gene is dirty or your glutathione gene is dirty. And you, if they're dirty, uh, you can quickly say, okay, well, now I know that these symptoms are related to this gene's function. And now I know how this gene's function is, got dirty because Ben just told me. So I remove these things which made my genes dirty and I add these things to make it cleaned up. And the majority of the book is simple lifestyle, diet, mindset, and environment at the genetic level for each of these. And you clean most of that up through a, a program that I have built into the book. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you take another quiz and there's a spot cleaning section in there. So you retake a more comprehensive quiz and then you say, okay, well, I have SIBO, I have insomnia, uh, I have shopping addictions or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm addicted to video games. Um, I'm quick to react. Or alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, alcohol, exactly. Smoking. Um, I, scratch my, yeah, I scratch my skin and I get red welts. I've exercise induced asthma, I red face. So you're answering positive all these things in here. And then I walk you through why this is. And you already understand a lot of it. Why? Because you read the book, most of it. And now you take what's called spot cleaning, where you, you take various, you alter your diet a bit more, you alter your lifestyle a bit more in a unique way. And then you add supplements if needed and in a targeted way. So it's, it's basically N of one. This book, have you ever read those choose your own adventure books as a kid? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you, you, you have a choice if you're going to attack or you know, move back in the defensive mode and then you, you read the bit and you're like, dang it, I should have chose the other one, I died. <laughs> and, yes. Well, Dirty Jeans is kind of that way where it's, you're reading about you and I'm giving tools to support you. This is not a, it's a general book but it's crafted on the the individual basis. And it's the first one ever of its kind that I know of. Uh, My publicist has been in the industry since 2001. And she said, you know, she's been a publicist for many famous authors. And she said, it's the most holistic, most individualistic book I've ever read to date. And uh, that's great. That that was a real honor to see that. And, you know, I'm, I'm very excited to see the reviews about this book because being able to understand why you have symptoms down to the genetic level is so empowering. And then be able to see if the gene is dirty and then knowing how to clean it up is also empowering. And I've been doing this for years. I've already been doing this with thousands of people 
all across the globe, and they've already gotten better. So it's it's been proven uh, many, many times over because I wouldn't put my name on this book if it wasn't proven because people would have read it and say, Ben, it didn't work. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, yes. Very risky. Very right. true. Well, this is, we're definitely looking forward to reading it. What's the date again for the release? January 30th. And maybe we can do a workshop when you release the book. We, we have a great group of, of uh, members that love attending workshops and um, they find it easier than reading books. I mean, maybe we can talk about that. Right before we lose you, quick yes and no answers to connection between methylation and these things. And just say, is this, is, does this help with methylation or not? What about gluten? Good or no. bad for methylation? No, bad. Bad. Dairy? Uh, depends on the individual, but I would say I'm a more fan of, a, of goat dairy or camel dairy than I am cow dairy. Um, I would say kind of so-so on that one, but if you're okay. going to do dairy, go not Okay. Do go dairy, so it's not as bad as gluten. How about mm-hmm. grains? So rice, quinoa. I would say depends. Uh, Dr. Peter Osborne is going to say no. Um, his education around grains is much better than mine. Um, I would say if you're responding unfavorably to grains, I would say no. Uh, I eat them. I don't eat that. I don't feel that good from them. So I, I would say more no than yes. Okay. Um, but uh, I, would, I wouldn't just, you know, see how you feel. What about lentils and legumes? So red lentils, kidney beans, chickpeas. I'm a fan. Okay. What about intermittent fasting? Love it. Uh, okay. I love it. I, I think it's very, very, very useful. Um, and, but just make sure you're strong enough to do it. And, you know, I, I've had great successes with this. It allows your body to reset. Um, and recuperate, it adjusts your microbiome a little bit. Um, and uh, I, I think it can be very, very useful to allow your body to repair itself. But if you're doing it, um, you know, know what you're doing. That makes sense. Ben, this was phenomenal. Thank you so much for all that you're doing in your research, for sharing the truth about our bodies. I love what um, Kelly Brogan, Dr. Kelly Brogan says. She says, Dirty Genes, your upcoming book, teaches the power that we have to heal against all odds. I'm going to use that to to wrap up our podcast today. Thank you so much for listening. Stay smiling. Stay healthy. That's a wrap. Share your love with a five-star review and get show notes at healthbootcamps.com. Connect with us on Health Bootcamps Facebook and Twitter. Also, don't forget to check out other great interviews and subscribe to the Get Healthier podcast today.